Over a five-year period, photographer Zed Nelson visited 17 countries as he documented the global craze for beauty. In his book titled "Love Me," Nelson writes, "Beauty is now a 160 billion dollar a year global industry. Body improvement has become a new religion." <laughs> he cites the following examples. In Manhattan, women have their toes surgically shortened and then secured with metal pins so that they can fit into three-inch designer stiletto heels. In China, a procedure developed to lengthen the legs of dwarves has now become popular for people who simply want to be taller. But that operation comes at great risk. Nelson noticed that everyone wants to look the same. They want to look more Western. They want to look more Caucasian. He saw skin lightening products in Africa and surgical procedures to Westernize eyes in Asia. In South America, women have operations to make them look like Barbie dolls. Anorexia is on the rise in Japan. Nelson was amazed at how common.、Uh, Cosmetic surgery or plastic surgery has become all around the globe. Apparently, banks make money available and loans for plastic surgery. Who knew that? American families with annual incomes under twenty-five thousand dollars account for thirty percent of cosmetic surgery patients. This never-ending pursuit of beauty is an attempt to preserve what can never be preserved for very long. <laughs> We're talking today about the promise of preservation, but not the preservation of your body shape, your skin color, your 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 weight, or the shape of your nose. No, we're we're talking about God's promise of preservation, the promise to preserve the salvation of those who truly belong to Him. And strictly speaking,、uh, it's not man who preserves or perseveres, but God preserves us. It's the work of God. And this is how we can define it: the preservation of the saints is that continuous operation of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, by which the work of divine grace that is begun in the heart is continued and brought to completion by God's grace and for His glory. There are so many passages in the Bible that speak to us of God's activity in bringing many sons and daughters to glory. But perhaps the most significant, perhaps the most common or、uh, most familiar, is is that found in Philippians one six. But let's read this in context. Let's begin at Philippians one verse one, where Paul says,、uh, Paul writes, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this: that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So Philippians one six, this verse. Develops this wonderful, generous, gracious theme of God's preserving grace. 
First of all, Paul reminds us that since God has begun our salvation, we can rely on him to complete it. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. God always finishes what he starts, especially the salvation of his people. God the Father chose us in Christ long before he made the world. The Bible says before the foundation of the earth, God chose us in Christ. God the Son offered an atoning sacrifice for our sins. He paid a very heavy price for our forgiveness. And Jesus insists that not one of those who are saved by grace will perish. Look at John 10:28. I give them eternal life, he said, and they will never perish. And no one will snatch them out of my hand. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings these same sheep to eternal life by the irresistible working of his grace. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are all involved in our salvation and in preserving our salvation to the end. And therefore, just as faith is a gift of God's saving grace, so the Christian's preservation and perseverance is the work of God's continuing grace. God will preserve us. What God starts in us, he will finish. He doesn't give up partway uh, through, and he doesn't quit on you. He will see us through to the very end. Second, Paul says that God, having begun his work in our lives, will bring it to completion. God not only guarantees the completion of our salvation, but he is actively involved in the life of the believer all along the way to bring it to completion. God works constantly in our lives. He's smoothing out the lines and sanding the rough edges and making sure all of the pieces fit where they're supposed to fit. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote about this when he said, God does not merely initiate the work and then leave it. He continues with it. He, he leads us on, directing and manipulating our circumstances restraining us at one time and urging us on at another. Paul's whole conception of the church is that it's a place where God is working in the hearts of men and women. Amen. God is working in the hearts of men and women. God is at work in us. Paul says a bit later in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God works in us, but we need to work out what God works in. We need to work it out with fear and trembling. So even though God promises to preserve the salvation of those who truly belong to him, we still have to seek the Lord. We have responsibility in this. We, we still have to grow in Christ. We have to grow in holiness. We have to apply ourselves and work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Persisting in faith requires warfare with sin and labor in prayer plowing in the word and, and doggedly doing God's will 
every single day. We are God's workmanship, Paul says. And this means that we're called to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do, that we should walk in them, that we should do them, that we should uh, perform those good works. And so the promise of preservation does not mean that God does everything and you do nothing. Sanctification must keep happening, and, and that's a gradual day-by-day experience. Regeneration is spiritual birth. Sanctification is spiritual growth. Regeneration is a momentary act of God whereby he quickens those who are spiritually dead unto salvation. Sanctification, on the other hand, is an ongoing cooperative process in which those who are born again, alive to God and freed from sin's dominion, are required to exert themselves in sustained obedience to God. And by his preserving grace, God will take us all the way home to heaven when that day comes. Third, we can see in Philippians 1.6 the certainty of successful completion if God's saving work truly has begun in us. So far from dreading the future, every believer in Jesus has the blessed hope of a home in heaven. John Bunyan wrote The Pilgrim's Progress in the year 1678. And one of the reasons that people still love that classic, The Pilgrim's Progress, is the picture that Bunyan paints of heaven. In his book he writes, I saw in my dream the two men entered the gate. As they did, they were transfigured. They had garments that shined like gold. Harps and crowns were given to them, the harps for praise and the crowns for honor. Then I heard in my dream all the bells in the city rang again for joy. It was said to them, enter into the joy of your Lord. For sure, this is a dramatic rendering of the Bible's promise, but this is our future. This is not fantasy, folks. This is a sure thing. We're, we're going to heaven. Paul insists that God will bring us to completion. He will bring us home on that day. That's what God promised to do for every person who hears the voice of Jesus, repents of their sin, trusts in the Lord, and follows hard after him through all of life. Whatever ups and downs, whatever problems, whatever disappointments, whatever failures await us in the world, the Christian can live joyfully in God's presence, both now and forevermore. Look at Psalm 1611. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, Lord, there's fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Yeah, we may be terribly flawed now, and the temptations we face day to day are great, but we will live forever in his love. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So God did not give us all these promises to keep us guessing. He wants to reassure us so that we can enjoy him forever. He wants us to be certain. And the Bible says, uh, 
There are other promises just like Philippians 1.6. For example, Romans 11.29. The gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. 2 Thessalonians 3. The Lord is faithful and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one until the very end. 2 Timothy chapter 1. I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he's able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. And 2 Timothy 4, the Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. <laughs> and 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7 to 9, our Lord Jesus Christ will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, my friends, there are so many great and precious promises in God's Word. So many promises of preservation in the Word of God. We've covered just a, a handful of them this morning. Rejoice and be glad. Let's praise the Lord. Let's throw a party and, and shout hallelujah. God will preserve us. That's his promise. Romans 8.30, those he... Whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he glorified. So it's like there, there are no dropouts here between justification and glorification. Those he, he justified, he glorified. All those who are truly justified by faith in Jesus make it to the end. Romans 8, 38, 39. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord for that. What a great promise. What a great future we have. How many of you have seen The Wizard of Oz, that great movie, classic movie filmed in 1939? The ruby red slippers worn by Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz are among the most iconic movie costume pieces of all time. But today, 80 years after the movie was filmed, those slippers are a little worse for the wear. The slippers have been featured at a museum since 1979, but they're fragile and falling apart. The color has faded. The slippers appear dull and washed out. The, the ruby red slippers may deteriorate, my friends, but not your salvation. Not your salvation. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and here it is, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Yeah, those slippers may be falling apart and fading away, but God is keeping your inheritance, your salvation, imperishable, undefiled, unfading, hallelujah. Do you think for a, a second that God gave all those promises to his church 
to keep them guessing about, about the end of their lives? Do, do you think he, he, he wants to keep us guessing about eternal life? He wants to keep us wondering whether we're saved or not? I don't think so. I don't think so. Dr. John Piper says, I think the clear implication of the promises of God is that God intends for his children to take heart from them. That's the point. He wants us to be encouraged. He wants us to lay down our heads on the pillow at night absolutely confident that if our heart stops beating at 2 a.m. while we're sound asleep, we will wake up in heaven. We will. We will. (laughs) Because nothing can separate us. He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Christ Jesus. That, my friends, is God's promise of preservation. God will keep us. God will preserve us to the end. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this promise. Oh, how much encouragement floods our hearts when we hear these words from Scripture. And Lord, we're looking forward to that day when we will hear the words of Jesus, well done, well done, my good and faithful servant. For we will know that we have persevered to the end, but not on our own strength, but because of the grace of God, the generous, overwhelming grace of God, for which we thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen.